Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome to my Care's Living. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the kids. Movie breakdown night. Super bad on tonight's podcast. We got our first time guest calling in remote. But before we get to him, first and foremost, little housekeeping contact information vicarious living pod at gmail.com and vicarious living podcast on instagram slide into our dms for all of our swag situations we have new vl t-shirts to go along with the tanks the sweatshirts and the baseball tees go there wicklowware.com okay tonight's guest we absolutely dominated the freshman basketball circuit back in the day He's now matured, focusing most of his time and attention into being an outstanding husband, father, and all-around gentleman of the Midwest, popping that podcast cherry, A. Shades. What's up, buddy? How are you? Dude, I was just watching uh, Spotlight while we were eating dinner, and it was like the worst thing to watch, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it was just like getting fingers in the butts, KPs in the butts. <laughs> just like, all right. Yeah, nice light dinner movie there. I love it. <laughs> Guns blazing. Do you have a mustache right now? Yeah, dude. I just oh, shaved wow. it in. Now I, I just shaved it in. I'm I'm hoping by like Christmas it's like full porn stash. I keeps like it in the sides. That's but, a pretty good look. But yeah, dude, let's just dive in. Do you want to just dive in? Yeah, let's jump in. All right. So first question: Tell me why this movie? Why you wanted to do this movie? I have a reason why, but tell me what's your reason? I mean, I, for well, you asked me first of all. It's not like I wanted to. I'm acquiescing to you. <laughs> Don't don't paint the picture that I was texting you, Why Petey, did you please. I'm groveling at my feet, <laughs> pathetic as fuck. Can I please be on the podcast to do super bad? No, I do think it's a good one to do though, because there's like the pre there's like two comedy groups basically in our humor movie watching experience from like eighth grade on, right? It's like the Will Ferrell um 
Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn. I guess I'd lump like Ben Stiller into that category. And then the put like then there's like a distinction between that group and then like the Seth Rogen, James Franco, Jonah. Yeah, Hill, the Judd Apatow the, group. Judd Apatow group. Funny thing is he's kind of connected to that first group too. He and like Ben Stiller worked on heavyweights together and that kind of stuff. But yeah, that second group. And this was, I think, that second group's sort of coming out party, right? So it's like kind of their entrance. And I don't know when this movie came out. Maybe we were in like high school, but yeah, I I kind of view this and then Knocked Up. I believe Knocked Up came out in 2008, which was the next year. So it was like, boom, boom, mm-hmm. came out of the gate hot as fuck. Did you know they filmed Pineapple Express while they were filming this movie, Superman? No, that is weird. Yeah, Because Seth Rogen had a, a Fu Manchu in this movie. I know. What was he doing know. from a facial hair perspective? I don't know how they were doing it. Somehow they figured it out. But anyway, that's why I wanted to do it. So for me, I just remember I this movie's unreal. Like I I'm a dick joke guy through and through. Like I love no. dick jokes. I love you. <laughs> you like physical dick jokes. So I like anything related to dick. But this movie, I remember I just I have this thing in my head of DVDs were hot as shit in 2007. It's before you were the guy. You're still a thing. So yeah. I was a DVD guy. I had over oh, yeah. 840 of them. This came out. Yeah. I, by the way, I sold them all on eBay after I converted them all to digital and I sold them all. Nice. Yeah. There was a couple lots that took a little while to sell, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, so this movie, I just remember being in college and I believe it probably came out on DVD in like 2008. And I drove around everywhere to find the DVD and at college, there was no play. It was sold out everywhere on the first day yeah. like walmart target crow uh best buy literally sold out everywhere and like i think this movie if you were in college when it came out which we were it was like apex mountain for movies. The movie yeah. yeah it was it was the most quotable it was like our college's experience of like our, what what wedding crashers was in high school or anchorman maybe like those quotable movies then super bad came next and was like the next thing everybody's quoting I remember we, I believe we also saw Wedding Crashers together in theater, super up close. Like we, our seats were real bad, real up close. And I remember that theater experience. There was one scene in particular that I started crying at. And it was the scene where the redheaded girl jacks him off onto the table (laughs) (laughs) in in theater watching him get jacked off under the table was like wild. It was wild. Yeah. Um, Anyways, so this movie. It's directed by Greg Matola, which he di- he directed Adventureland, which we did on this pod. Have you seen that? No. Oh, you got to see it. Put that on your list. Adventureland with uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Kristen Stewart, and Ryan Reynolds, and Bill Hader. It's amazing. I love Hader. So it's yeah, Adventureland, but- written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who are the names of the two main characters in this movie. It was written when they were in high school. I couldn't believe that, or, or some version of it, some iteration of it was written. They, you know, they started it when they were in high school, and I think you can tell because it's it's so true. It's like so genuinely high school, like caring that much about what like what girls would think or how hard it was to get booze, or like you can definitely tell. And I'm happy they were able. It, it's amazing at like 17, 18, they were able to come up with some of this stuff. Dude, so much of this took me back to high school like the just the way they talk like the way they talk in that opening scene and we'll get into it in detail but just the way they're talking where they're like talking about hooking up 
He's like, yeah, I got, I got two dozen hand chops and three quarters of a blow chop. Like that was, we were all clocking constantly. Oh yeah. And like, and later he's saying like, like prior to college, he's on a timeline of like, okay, three months till I get a hand job and then one month and then we're fucking for like two months. It's like high school guys definitely time it out. Like, all right, it'll take me two weeks to get to this milestone then four weeks to get to this milestone. And then we'll be, you know, that's how people think. Dude, and I remember going into college, I was totally a virgin going into college. And I had the thought process of like, this is not good. This is not good. I, I cannot go to college a virgin. Like, I'm going to be the biggest idiot. But I, I, I just remember that thought process of like, I have to get this like first time or two out of the way or I'm fucked. I don't think that's as much of a thing as people think. And also I think like the majority of people are probably that way when they get to college and like people, you know, water finds its level. People figure it out. I I did want to ask you about the, um, the first scene in the movie is basically them talking about what their porn, like what porn things they're going to get into. Hold on on that. Hold on that. Cause that's a, we're going to get to that in the movie breakdown because I have like a lot of, I have copious amounts of notes. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, Let's, let's, Let's just give some plot, though. I'm going to officially read the plot of this movie. Seth and Evan are best friends, inseparable, navigating the last weeks of high school, usually shunned by the popular kids. Seth and Evan luck into an invitation to a party and spend a long day with the help of their nerdy friend, Fogle, a.k.a. McLovin, trying to score enough alcohol to lubricate the party and inebriate two girls, Jules and Becca. Don't know if this movie works as well in 2020, by the way. (laughs) So they can kickstart their sex lives and go off to college with a summer full of experience and new skills. Their quest is complicated by Fogel's falling in with two inept cops who both slow and assist the plan. If they do get the liquor to the party, what then? Is sex the only rite of passage at hand? Super bad. So it's essentially two guys trying to have sex really bad they feel like they need to get alcohol to have the sex. And that's essentially the plot. Of the movie. Yeah. I mean, in high school, kind of what else is there besides alcohol and girls? It's kind of like when you get to that age, it's like, these are the two things that matter in life. Yeah, dude. Let's uh, do some fun facts quick. Uh, I liked the fact you had about, um, they wrote it when they were 13 and they said they just wanted to see if they could write a movie. So that was accurate. And they did a table reading for it in 2001 where Seth Rogen read for Seth and Jason Siegel read for Evan. Oh, uh, he wouldn't be, it's hard to, so it's hard to picture that role after Michael Sarah having knocked it out of the park. And cause yeah. he's so, you know, he basically spent how many years on Arrested Development playing that exact same, the awkward, you know, the awkward, he's gotten typecast as of that now so it's yeah. hard to picture jason siegel in that role but i actually think he'd be pretty good too they just they they aged out of it i feel like because in 2001 it might have still worked but by 2007 seth rogan looked like he was 40 i think just in 2001 couldn't... they would have looked too old they, yeah think? He, yeah but he looked yeah seth rogan looked old from like 12 he looked old um, in freaks and geeks yeah exactly yeah <laughs> freaks and geeks yeah <laughs> was he, like he, in the he, 90s yeah um, the word fuck in this movie is used 186 times. So that averages to approximately 1.6 uses of the word per minute. I'd like to see how many of those uh, Jonah Hill's characters. I feel like he's saying it the entire movie. 
Interestingly enough, that is answered. 84 are said by Seth or uh, Jonah Hill. 84 yeah. of the 186. I read that um, the Wolf of Wall Street set the record for how many times that's said in the movie. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And which Jonah Hill's in that, right? Yeah. He's great in that. I, he's hilarious in that. Yeah. Um, the semen conversation was mostly improvised and lasted about four minutes. It was edited to under a minute for the final cut. Uh, they should have left all that in. That was one of the funniest parts of the movie and super relatable. Cause like yeah. who, doesn't, who doesn't watch CSI? I, I loved when he said that line, like I just assumed there was semen everywhere <laughs> because like I did too. Like I, I kind of just assume like, yeah, dude, I, that's DNA is just all over. People are coming all over the place when they're committing crimes. <laughs> yeah. When he said, if the guy had jerked off before he hit you and robbed the liquor store, we'd probably have a good chance of catching him. <laughs> uh, last couple ones here. The, uh, the silhouette of Michael Sarah dancing at the beginning of the movie, it was filmed continuously for over an hour um, so that they could use it on the DVD menu without like looping it. So he danced oh. for an hour there. Wow. It sucked to have to actually do and like not really worth it. Just loop it. I know. The last one I have is the penis drawing scene required enormous legal complications uh, getting it to the screen. Every single drawing had to be approved individually by the studio's legal department and would have to, uh, they would get notes back saying like too big or too veiny on the decks. <laughs> like picture, first of all, I'll leave it to lawyers to make things way more complicated than they need to be. But I, I love the fact that these like highfalutin studio lawyers have to spend their time judging and analyzing dick pics dude drawing dicks was a thing at that time like i do you remember yeah yeah for who so i have one story i've told this story on the pod before uh but i'll tell it again because it's so dynamite uh you remember mr haskins in high school how could i forget i just remember one day <laughs> walking into class we went up and just drew a gigantic dick on the board before he got in there. <laughs> and then he, I just remember the look on his face when he walked in and saw that. And he was just like, can you imagine being like a 40 year old guy now? Cause we're like older, but imagine like just going in and you're just like, you're going in on a regular Thursday, just trying to get through the week. And these guys put a freaking dick on the board. He got so mad. He was like, I don't get it. When I was back in high school, we were all drawing boobs and stuff. Why are you guys drawing dicks? And he, he was like, just, yeah, he was so confused. Like more the, he was less confused that there was a dick on his wall and just more confused. Like, why are you drawing dicks versus like vaginas? <laughs> are you guys okay? <laughs> they say next man. Who knows? Um, I will say that that whole minute and a half scene that's like maybe my least favorite part of the movie that didn't land with me at all the dick drawing yeah unless that's like actually true and seth Rogen did do that when he was in grade school i don't know why they put that in there i didn't think that was like that it didn't really land with me yeah i don't like it as much when it's like a kid drawing dicks like it's just a weird <laughs> thing that this kid who this you know 11 year old kid has i i'm a hundred percent on board if it's a bunch of like high school or college kids just like drawing dicks with your bros. Cause I think that's kind of funny. I, I might go the other way actually. Cause I think if it's like a 10 year old, it's more innocent, right? It can't <laughs> so, be, he, he doesn't know anything bad about that stuff yet. 
dude, this could be because you're a father now. And this stuff, just this sort of childish humor just doesn't appeal to you anymore. <laughs> no, you know? it definitely does. But <laughs> I, and, and like that is very much in their sweet spot of humor. These, this, these, you know, that group of got, you know, fart and dick jokes is like kind of their, the meat of their humor. But uh, yeah, I didn't, didn't land with me. You want to guess some Rotten Tomatoes? Ooh, audience, I'll say 91. Well, go ahead. Guess the critic. Guess the the main score, the critic score too. Okay, critics, uh, eighty five. I'm gonna go a little lower because comedies always get crushed by critics. I'm gonna say sixty eight with the critics, eighty six with the audience. You look. What'd you say it was? Ninety one audience, eighty five. Dude, you're way closer. Eighty eight with the critics. And 87 with the audience. Higher oh, wow. with the critics. Shocking. For that the is type shocking. Of movie it was. It says critics consensus definitely balancing vulgarity and sincerity while placing its protagonists in excessive situations. Superbad is an authentic take on friendship and the overarching awkwardness of the high school experience. Hmm. I buy that. This must be, I, I would be interested to look at Judd Apatow's later movies once the novelty wore off. Like mm. once you got into like funny people, which is, is like, 40. oh my God, like a three hour comedy. Yeah, this is 40. See what those kind of got. But anyways, all right, dude, player breakdown. You ready? Sure. Jonah Hill. Let's start with him. So many hits, so many hits that we'll do like a, what's our favorite. I'll list some movies and you tell me what your favorites are. But I got to say, I first remember him 40 year old virgin. Yeah. The eBay kid. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Trying to buy the shoes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess I'll just give you some money and you can give me these shoes and you know, I know it seems so strange. Yeah, so I'd just rather buy them from you straight uh, up. Yeah, I know. I wish it could be that easy, but... I uh... wished you, but you're making it extremely difficult for me. I'm just trying to get these shoes back to my house so I can wear them. <laughs> and he knocked that out of the park. It was hilarious. Uh, what are your... Do you have any pressing Jonah Hill thoughts, or do you want to rank your favorite Jonah Hill movies? I'll give you just my favorite, and I've watched this on YouTube so many times because I love it, but just my favorite Jonah Hill scene is the one in Wolf of Wall Street where he's, like, the goldfish scene where he's telling the guy to, the Steve Madden IPO day, he's telling the guy to pack his shit and get out of there because it's like they're doing an IPO day, and it's like, you have time to clean your fishbowl, we're doing an IPO day. <laughs> I've watched that scene, like, I don't know how many times, but he's amazing in that movie. He's so funny. He is really good in that movie. He he like came out of nowhere as like a real player in, in like terms of being an actor because we all knew him just as a funny guy, but then he like got Moneyball yeah. and Wolf of Wall Street and just crushed. And it was like oh shit, Oscar nominated. Yeah, so it was it was just kind of out of nowhere. But yeah, his character even in uh in Wolf of Wall Street that beat off scene he has, I die laughing <laughs> every time. <laughs> He is just an irredeemable character in, in that movie. <laughs> it's great. How I was thinking too, like 
what it would have been like to you're Jonah Hill and you're going on all this like press tour for Moneyball and you're you're standing next to Brad Pitt the whole time and then you follow that up with all like a press tour and going on all these interviews with Wolf Rock and you're standing next to Leo the whole time <laughs> just no one gives a fuck about you yeah I watched the um I think it was a James Franco roast on uh, Comedy Central and James Franco's bit was like, hey, like I know you're a big funny act, like a big time actor now. And like you're with Leo and you're with Brad Pitt. But just remember, like I was your first handsome friend. Who said this? James Franco. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, he, he graduated so to the A-listers. Yeah, dude. I hope he comes back. I He was the best. And, and he just. The disaster artist was an amazing performance by him. Like he became have you seen, that guy. You've seen the room, I assume. I did. I've I've essentially watched the entire thing on YouTube, like all the clips separately on YouTube. But I haven't like sat down and watched the real movie. It is like a spitting image of yeah. what they did. I know. And at the end of the room, or at the end of the disaster artist, they have like the side yeah. by side of and how they shot him exactly the same, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's hysterical. I mean, we might as well just, we're doing a James Franco <laughs> character breakdown. Who knows how much I'll keep in, but I just want to say on the disaster artist, my favorite casting decision that they made in that movie. Well, it's two, one making Zach Efron, the bully guy in that scene where he's like all coked out. Hey, Denny. Hey, Chris, R., I was looking for you. Yeah, sure. You were You my money, right? D- just give me five minutes. Five minutes? You want five fucking minutes, Denny? Well, I have five fucking minutes! Where's my fucking money, Denny? <laughs> and then the second one is Josh Hutcherson as like <laughs> in his in his late twenties playing like a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> when they're wrestling on the bed. <laughs> Makes zero sense. Just all these adults wrestling on a bed, and I think two of them are related. <laughs> Yeah, it's so wild. Um, anyways, favorite Jonah Hill movies or favorite Jonah Hill performances in a movie. Are you going with Wolf of Wall Street? I think Wolf of Wall Street would definitely be one. I thought he was the best part of that movie, like by far. He was like the the best part of that movie in the same way Heath Ledger was the best part of Dark Knight. It was like oh. every time every time he was in a scene, I was like, Oh, okay, awesome. Where Jonah Hill, this character is hysterical. I, he's he's built for it. Yeah. For me, I think his character in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, even though it's super small, like he had so many memorable lines in that. Like I still use this one to this day. You got here? No, I'm actually, I just sat down. I'm just getting started. It's delicious though. Thank you. I'll just go fuck myself. Sorry, what? Mahalo. Uh, I'll just go fuck myself. I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> He's great in that. Uh, he has a really good, and this is something I'll bring up for a character in Superbad. Well, I'm sure we'll get to it, but he he has a great um, humor to screen time ratio in that movie, where he makes the most out of like his eight minutes in the movie. Oh yeah, for sure. So do you listen to uh, the Bill Simmons podcast on the the re- called the Rewatchables? No, I don't listen to the Bill Simmons podcast. Okay, the Rewatchables, they do a category which is is called the Dion Waiters Award, and it's essentially the award <laughs> for the guy who plays eight minutes in a game, but he comes yeah. in, he jacks up like 10 threes, goes, goes, goes eight for 10, and then gets on the bench. That is Jonah Hill in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's pretty good. Um, okay, let's, let's move to Michael Sarah. Oh, just interesting fun fact. 
he actually auditioned for the role of Haley Joel Osmond in Sixth Sense, the little kid. I see dead people. Hmm, All fun that? fact. That's very fun. My first memory, I think you mentioned it earlier, George Michael on Arrested <laughs> Development. Amazing show. Just an amazing show. Do you like it that much? Because let me, let me stop you for a second. Kendall and I are about halfway through season one and we, it's like, okay, we don't like it very much. We've, neither of us have ever watched it. But I have a theory that the second season of every, almost every show is its best season. So I'm like, let's just get to season two. It'll be good. Yeah. I'm trying to, what was its initial run? Was it three seasons and then it went off? I'm not, no, there's like a ton of seasons on there. I, like I know, but they, they like had an initial run of like four, se- I, I, can't, I think it was three seasons and then it went off and oh. then they, it like 10 years later, because the fans wanted it back so bad, they brought it back mm. like 10 years later for season four or something, something like that. You'll notice it if you keep watching it, everyone just ages like crazy in between seasons. He's pretty funny in it though. And like I said, he has that awkward thing where just down, he's great at it. I mean, how are you with like that dry humor? Because I I like that. Like I like the curb your enthusiasm humor. Like I like that dry, like ironic humor. Yeah, I love curb. Hilarious, Larry David. Yeah. Um, Seinfeld's funny too. Uh, yeah, uh, but all, Arrested Development hasn't been like a knock. Uh, maybe the expectations were a little high. Yeah, I I want to go back and rewatch it. Honestly, it's been a while since I've seen it. But um, this was his big year, dude. Oh seven, it was this in Juno. In the same year. Where has he gone since then? Like almost nothing. He was in that poker movie, I know. He, okay. Yeah, he was. He played uh, Toby Maguire in Molly's yeah, Game. I know. Um, my fa- I, This has also been brought up on the podcast. I think I brought it up when we did Juno. But his performance in This Is The End. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot. They just made him like coked out and crazy. <laughs> I'll play a clip. I'm yeah, gonna play, that- let me put a clip in here. You need to use the toilet, honey? Go ahead. Uh, nope. I'm sorry. I, I sorry. Who wants to sip? Sip time. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you want some? And he gives her, he gives her the Capri Sun. He's hysterical in that movie. And I always wondered, and this is the end, if they made him that way. Because if there any kernel of truth to him being like hated by their gang. There's no way. There's no way in real life he's not exactly the same awkward guy that he plays in these movies. Because he plays this character in everything. In Juno, uh, Super Bad, Arrested Development, uh, that Scott Pilgrim versus the World. In every yeah. movie, he's kind of like Jesse Eisenberg. In every movie, yes. he plays the same kind of like neurotic nerd. I'd be interested to know how many movies those two guys both go out for and who got what. That's an what interesting. What, what, if. Are you, what are you drinking there? I'm drinking uh, whiskey and Coke. Oh, wow. <laughs> Nothing What's too your, crazy. Oh, crazy. Nothing too crazy. Uh, I have been drinking a lot more alcohol in this pandemic. Dude, everybody has. Same. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's a nightly thing. It's, it's nightly and it's just like, I need to probably back it down. I've been getting like, into um old fashions now i use and this whiskey called woodford reserve have you heard of that i just yeah it's new to me so they make if 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 you want to i don't know if you do do you do like they make a pre-made old-fashioned no you don't like that i like to make it myself pre-made how good can it be so you haven't had it though it tastes pretty spot on yeah i've had it it sucked 
Okay. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. I, I, uh, but my, my go-to, I don't know if you've had, if you're big into the whiskey roll, but my go-to is Weller. If you've had any, any of that. Oh, okay. I'll try that next. It's, it's hard to find it. The thing is, it's not expensive. Like I think, a a bottle of it's 30 to 50 bucks. It's not expensive. It's just, you have to get it. It's, it's hard to find, but yeah, Weller. I love that's Weller. Not, that's not expensive. You must be nice. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right. McLovin. Mick Lovin. Fun fact on him. He was 17 when he did this. His mom had to be in the room when he shot the sex scene. I read that. It's pretty funny. Awkward. And uh, dude, I didn't know. Apparently he is a b-ball player. He plays a little b-ball. There's no way that kid plays basketball. Who do we think is his comp? Out of friends in terms of basketball skills? I was going to say NBA players, but if we're doing our friends, I'd say Chris Fitzwater. Don't get me started on that. Oh, NBA players? Gosh, Chris Fitz, if you ever listen to a podcast or listening to this one, uh, he's the white whale of the of podcast guests. <laughs> Can't get him on to save my life. I've tried. He he he's uh he just stopped responding to my texts. <laughs> he's actually someone I would I would listen to if you got him on for something. That'd be great. Also, I know Tom Hegman listens every week, so a little shout out to here to Uncle T Bags. I'm, I'm sure he'll hear this. We, we were talking last night during poker. He told me he listens to every episode. He's one of our most loyal fans. Yeah, he's one-sixth so, of your listeners. Tom, one-sixth of our listener base. We got to get you on the fucking pod, dude. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, NBA, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think he plays basketball. I, don't, I do not think he plays basketball. So when they say that, it could just be like he likes to shoot around. You know, it's... But yeah, listen, let me say this. As a guy who played high school basketball, you wouldn't know about this. As a guy who played high school basketball, I, I'm going to tell you, he doesn't play basketball. I uh, I did a whole intro for you in the uh, pre-production of this podcast. I shout out that we're on the freshman basketball team together. So the kids, the kid listeners, they know that we played. We, we played a little round ball back in the day. Oh, yeah, we did. Um, movies for him. I got to say, dude, kick-ass. Good movie. He's amazing movie amazing i love kick-ass we did that on this pod too neighbors and role models he's pretty funny in role models great and role models yeah yeah uh small characters and then we'll get into the actual movie a lot of them dude like the two cops bill Hader and seth rogan those are primetime players emma stone this is actually emma stone's first movie wow dave franco has a real small cameo <laughs> yeah the doctor <laughs> And then uh, no one's going to know this name, but I, I know we're going to talk a lot about him when we get into the movie. Joe Lo Truglio Truglio. Oh, yeah. Just know this. He's the he's the guy, the creepy guy, the MySpace guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's my favorite character in the movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are you ready to get into the actual movie? I'm going to do a song transition into it. Love it.
so but this movie is just kind of like a collection of really hilarious scenes mm-hmm. and so many amazing one-liners and clips so you mentioned that first scene i want to play a clip of that first scene hey man i was doing some research for next year and i think i figured out which website i want to subscribe to the badge voyage which one is the Vagetastic Voyage? The Vagetastic Voyage is the one where they find, like, random girls on the street, and they invite them into a van, and then they bang them once they're on the van. It's like 13 bucks a month, and you get access to a bunch of other sites, like one's Latina, one's Asian, um, you know, there's one for fetishes, like feet and pee-pee and shit and stuff like that. It's disgusting. You're like an animal. What? I'm disgusting. You're the weird one, man. Don't make me feel weird because I like porn. You're the weird one for not liking porn. I'm normal as shit. What were your thoughts on this scene? Because you brought it up. What were your thoughts on it? Uh, it's a conversation that literally every high school guy has had, probably with a close friend. But it's just a conversation. That, and then the, at the very end, there's a little kernel of like, bring it home. Oh, yeah, like my parents are paying this bill. We can't have a too outrageous sounding name. I better pick something really like nondescript and then they got like perfect 10 it's like it's just a hilarious and then i love how they're talking on the phone and they're such close friends that then they just go to talking you know what i mean he brings his phone outside hangs up and they're talking in person yeah um i get it. He, he also makes a, a line where he's like dude if i'm gonna be paying top dollar i need to see a little production value <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry the russo brothers don't direct my porn evan so i i there was a couple scenes that like stuck out to me because this is interesting. We went to an all-male school. Can you imagine? They showed the scene where Michael Sarah like, was staring at that girl's boobs in class. Can you imagine what that would have been like if there was girls in our high school class? I, I wouldn't. I, I would have had Ds. I, like, there's no way I would have been able to pay attention and like get good grades. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's so unfamiliar to me since it's not part of our experience that it's tough for me to like hypothesize what it would be like. But you would think. But yeah, it would have been a little bit problematic and nobody would have been focusing as much about or like on friends or grades or anything like that if, if that was around. I was also thinking like Michael Sarah really dropped the ball on his, I, I was calling it in my notes, creep shui. See, now there's like feng shui. Mm-hmm. So like if you're in class and there's girls in the class, you got to have like a strategic placement of your seat, like have the right creep shway you can't be in front of her the way he was it was so obvious when he was looking at her because he had to like turn his whole body and look Mm -hmm. back Mm -hmm. down her down her shirt dude the way to do it is you got to be a little behind her so that you can just creep at will creep shway yeah but just to really get into the logistics of this if you're behind her then you're not able to see the front of her which is what he was looking at so you have you have a backside that you're gonna get good visibility too who knows what you're <laughs> going to run into there if it's if it's a low-rise jeans situation you might be catching like a top glimpse of a thong who knows hey, yeah that'd be exciting that's one two i think you can work it out to where like you're maybe you like go hand your paper in at the front and you like come back mm. and you like give it a look from like you know on the comeback sure. but i don't know i just don't want to be caught is my thing so if it hinders me a little bit on like being able to see down the shirt okay but i don't i just don't want to be caught i think getting caught is like if you're doing that it's like getting caught is just kind of comes with the territory that you're in and then you have to have some sort of recourse for when you are caught like he does where he looks up at the (laughs) like like he was looking elsewhere the entire time you have to be ready with that he michael sarah is so is he bad? Is he bad with girls or is he not? 
What what's your t- I I kind of think he's he's just very inexperienced, but it seems like she's kind of into whatever his thing is. Like it's endearing to her. Oh, in the movie is his character bad? Yeah, with girls? yeah, yeah. No, I don't think he's bad with girls because he's like nice and he's a he's a lovable character, but he is like more out just out of it, like out of touch with it. Because when he's describing his and like Evan and McLovin's last Saturday night, Becca's like. Um, oh, I'd love to do something like that one night. And he goes, Oh yeah, who wouldn't? I mean, it's and she's clearly like searching for an invitation, and he he just no. uh, he blows right past it, doesn't even register with him. There was a scene I did. I just like in terms of Michael Sarah, I like where he's in the hallway with her, and there's this scene where like he ends the conversation, then and then he's like, Okay, bye. All right, well, thank you for the pen. Yeah, no problem. Oh, bye. Bye. Bye, One of the most quotable lines of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had this where like, of course. how bad is it when you and you think a conversation's over? It doesn't even have to be with a girl, but like you think the conversation ends and then like you say bye, but then you realize like you're both got to walk the same way or something. Oh yeah. So then you have to like re-engage. Yeah. I, yeah. So for a long time, I, I didn't know what to do. And then it was like, you just call and you call a spade a spade, right? You, it's awkward. And you say, oh, I guess I shouldn't have said goodbye. You know where this happens? Pre-COVID elevators, right? You oh, going, yeah. going up with someone and you think they're getting off on the floor and you say, all right, well, have a good one. And then they're going up another floor. Like that happens to me all the time. Yeah. It, that's a good point about, yeah, you're right. I think you just got to call it out and just like get ahead of it. Yeah. Because the way that he- Everybody knows it. it's awkward. <laughs> Just like he just goes just faster. Really <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> so good. I wonder how you write something like that. You know what I mean? Like when you're writing a script, how oh. does that? How do you think of putting that in there? Because it's like this physical little bit of comedy where he's speeding up and walking like in a really awkward way. How do you? I don't. Or maybe it was improvised. I don't know. And that's why we'll never be like writing kick-ass movies in life. No. <laughs> just, we not. just don't have it. No. It, it was yeah super subtle um this you know talk about the writing of this movie this it's it's literally like a million jokes a million little things like that all wrapped up in into this two-hour movie where you're like god damn you guys are really throwing your fastball in this totally and it, it's like every single like you said it's like it's chock full so like here's a good example that just I, I jotted down when I was watching the movie. Just when they walk into like the Seven Eleven and they're buying a slushie before they, you know, when they get to school and he parks in the faculty lot, and then they're looking at like the the magazine and talking about like how great the nipples are, and then Michael Sarah is like, "And why do I have to freaking hide every erection I get? Like I'm some sort of leper." They just put like filter in these like tiny little jokes into every scene. It's awesome. Talking about up and tucking boners in high school, <laughs> and again, which is super relatable. Can you imagine if we still got boners like randomly to this day <laughs> as we did in high school? Like high school would be driving in the car on the way to school and just be like, okay, I guess I'm just going to ride out a boner with my three bros. Like what now? Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess I got to figure this out when I get out of the car. <laughs> but yeah, there's a whole lot of boner hiding uh, in high school, the wild, wild west of, of hiding boners, but this whole movie is about them essentially trying to get alcohol for a party. So what happens in the plot is they're like, all right, 
we found out Jules, Emma Stone's character, is going to be having a party. These guys don't go to many parties. So they find out she's having a party. They get invited for like the first time ever. And their friend, McLovin, a.k.a. Fogel, gets a fake ID. So the girls are like, oh, cool. Because you remember high school. It's like literally anyone... Any if anyone with a pulse gets a fake ID, we're going to become best friends with you. Best friends, yeah, it was gold. <clears throat> so, I remember the one little high school story I just want to put in here is, you know, they're worried about like walking into the store and like, what happens if they make me put it back? Like, I I don't I want think- that embarrassment. Um, that is so a thing. Like the one story I remember, Rob. Rob, good friend in high school, like six, five guy looked like he was 30 at the age of 16. (laughs) So we would always have him buy beer. The funniest, most hilarious, memorable experience I have is we we were riding around after a costume dance and he was dressed up as Cyclops from X-Men homemade costume. It was amazing. It was very good. Uh, Bought him a pair of women's double xl yellow panties for like his (laughs) his situation and it was driving around going from store to store with rob walking into the gas station in a cyclops outfit and get he got he probably got turned down like five different times and it's the same thing every time he has to ask well do you want me to put all this back because he would have like three 30 packs of keystone and like and uh and every time he got in the car, he dejected. Like, that was embarrassing. That was horrible. Everyone was looking at me. And we just put on, like, a song to, like, get him jacked. Get him jacked. Like, get him back. And then, like, get him jacked for the next <laughs> next stop. But, dude, that's what suck, it was like. I would suck to have to be that guy. Okay, on this point, though, like, for my high school experience, it wasn't that hard. It wasn't so hard. Like I, there were some difficulties with getting alcohol for sure, but like it wasn't as hard as the movie made it out to be, I think. And like an entire party's funness wouldn't have ever depended on like one guy being able to buy booze. No, it's usually you got a lot of irons in the fire. Right. So yeah. this, the movie sort of, dra- I mean, for obvious reasons, probably dramatized that aspect of it. Like they needed to have a plot. So they needed to have that be a crucial part. Like I get it, but. Uh, in, at least in my experience, it wasn't that. That's just what my only small thing that I didn't like was that it wasn't that hard. Right. Yeah. And there was a lot of like, you could grab stuff. Like if, if you were in a massive pinch, you could grab stuff from your parents. Like, yeah. Or like, did you ever do garage shopping? Very in very infrequently, but I had I only did it done once. it. Yeah. 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 Well, I've done it once, but like p- people would do that. Yeah. There's dude, God, in high school, there like, you just wanted to get fucked up and like yeah, you, would, you would get resourceful. Um, yeah, for sure. So Fogel gets this fake ID and I just got to play the clip of when he gets it, because the reaction that his friends have on the fake ID that he got is is amazing because of how ridiculous his ideas you look like a future pedophile in this picture, number one. Number two, it doesn't even have a first name. It just says McLovin. What? One name? One name? What, who are you, Seal? Fogel? Zygie says you're 25 years old. Why wouldn't you just put 21, man? Seth, 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 listen up, ass face. Every day, hundreds of kids go into the liquor store with their fake IDs, and every single one says they're 21. How many 21-year-olds do you think there are in this town? It's called fucking strategy, all right? Let's stay calm, okay? Let's not lose our heads. No. It's, it's, it's a fine ID. It'll, it's going to work. 
at Hawaii. One name, McLovin. <laughs> Twenty six. Yeah, that was the maybe one of the only other things that the, I don't. I don't. I don't think I even at the time I saw the movie, I was like, well, why did they pick McLovin? They could have picked something funnier than that. Like McLovin, that never landed with me either. I I think that was like in the original script because I, I saw a clip of them like doing like a table read of it and they were using the name. It was when Seth Rogen was still doing the the reading of it and he was using McLovin. So it might, it must've been like some inside joke with them or something. Mm. I don't well, know. That, that'd be, I, that, I'd be okay with them, including it. Then that'd, that'd be funny. But yeah, I mean, that, that scene's great. And then I like how Seth goes from don't invite him to the party to, Oh yeah. Fogel, there's this crazy party. You need to come. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes into, he goes in to get alcohol in this liquor store and gets jacked in the face like someone just comes in robs the place punches him right in the face he makes this whimper noise as he gets punched it was hilarious goes down and then these two cops show up so then the whole rest of the movie essentially mclovin is just paired up with these two cops and seth and evan are just kind of on their own i gotta say the dynamic between mclovin and these two cops was amazing every scene they were in i was like locked in yeah and laughing yeah. very hard because i think it's like two cops who were maybe not that far out of high school themselves and i think it, it starts very early where they're t- they take his idea and they're talking to each other and it seems almost like it's not said but it seems almost like they're deciding whether or not they should get him in trouble and they decide not to and then their first thing back to him as like as if they were talking about it was Oh, you're an organ donor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's 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 definitely probably jumping ahead too much, but I think they do. They even say it at the end. They know the whole time, like this guy is not 26. McLovin is not his real name. And they want to bring him around and show him that cops that aren't that bad. So they hang out with him. They, they develop this like real kinship with him. And it's amazing. On the, on the flip side, Seth and Evan they start freaking out and then we get introduced to the guy the legend here we, here we go <laughs> so this guy hits them with his car and this guy is creepy as fuck he's creepy as shit in the plot of the movie he hits them and then his solution because he has no money is i'll take you to one of the parties i'm going to with a bunch of 30 year olds and you can get alcohol there so, so you don't so you don't tell the cops that i hit you yeah. exactly how do you, what are your thoughts on this guy? Cause I know you've been chomping at the bit. <laughs> I mean, he's the funniest character in the movie in terms of uh, maybe in general, but certainly in terms of like humor to screen time ratio, <laughs> almost every line he has is a laugh out loud line. Like when he's riding the car with them, the MySpace line, who's going to give it to her. I mean, it's just like, and then he ignominiously bows out and gets his ass beat at the party. And he's not to be seen from again, unfortunately, but for the for the six minutes he's in the movie, he makes more of an impact than any other character. I think he's hysterical. All right, I was just thinking about this because we mentioned that Dion Waiters award. Who who hits harder with their limited screen time? This guy in Superbad or Jonah Hill in Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Like who mm. whose per efficiency rating is higher with their like five minutes of total screen time? That's pretty good. I'm partial to your lookalike and super bad, I guess. But Jonah Hill's right up there too. It's a good. That's a good question. 
Yeah, tell the kids, you you think that this guy looks like me. No, I don't think that. Many people think that and have talked about this for years. <laughs> he, looks he looks like, like me this. or just acts like me? I think more looks like than acts like, but yeah, okay. both, I guess. High school BD looked exactly like this guy. Now you have the, the nice flow and the manicured beard and you're all set up, but high school BD had the, had the bowl cut. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I was getting no pussy. Let's just be clear. No pussy. None pussy. If I look like that guy, that makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, so this guy's amazing, though. He is definitely one of my, he Him in this role and then the role he plays in I Love You, Man, where he's like the extreme LA Galaxy sure. soccer fan. Yeah. Is he crushes. Um McLovin, we're just gonna keep jumping back and forth. McLovin goes with the cops to a bar. I'll be honest, I, I genuinely think that bar scene is my favorite scene in the movie. Between the two cops and McLovin, they get called to a bar. There's a homeless guy getting crazy in the bar. McLovin kind of like accidentally takes him down. The cops are like super jacked up, like McLovin. You did it. And then they're getting a beer with him. And like their improv at that bar scene when they're just talking about like, I'll, I'll put a clip in of it. You don't want to be a chick in a bar, man. Seriously. That was a major turning point in my life is when I realized that you got to go to other places. You had to go to a spin class, a farmer's market, pumpkin patch, given the time of year, just somewhere social, non-threatening, you know, something like that. My yeah. first wife, who is a whore, mm -hmm. by the way. Where do you think I met her? A bar. A bar. Was this bar? Was this bar? Yeah, it was this bar. Bought her a Binion's, commented her on her tote bag, and next thing you know, she's putting her mouth around the tip of my penis. Uh, you don't have to tell me that. Right in there. She opened up my world sexually. On our wedding night, we had a group sex. I wasn't involved in it, but I, I could hear it. Oh, through the wall. She was amazing. And then it was exactly 23 months later that I found out that she was an actual whore. We discovered her on the street. Yeah. I'm sorry. She was, she was bad. Fucking boring bitch. But you got a new wife now, so... Yeah. Yeah! yeah. And uh, she is wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll meet her. You don't want to meet a girl at a bar, buddy. You want to meet a girl at, like, a pumpkin patch, thin <laughs> class. Yeah, that is just... Dude, that's true. Well, yeah, of course it's true. That I, you know, add add this to the list. I think, uh, like dog park. Yeah, yeah, great place because it's so not threatening. You got like built-in conversation to fall back on with like your dogs and stuff. Chat about your dogs. Yeah, it's. I think the whole thing was improv, and then like whenever the cops are saying, then we found out she was an actual whore, and <laughs> Seth Rogen's like, yeah. She was having sex with like four guys. I was one of them on his wedding night. <laughs> and he and he wasn't one of them. So yeah. he wasn't one. <laughs> right. And McLovin's face the whole time is just like. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they get up to go, he's like, uh, we can't pay for these. And then Seth Rogen's like, I'll take 13 red beers. <laughs> Hell yeah, we should get some red beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of the better just sort of banter scenes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So he's riding around with them, getting fucked up with these cops. How bad are these cops? <laughs> They're literally just like getting fucking blasted. Shooting their guns off in an open environment. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, they have a homeless guy in the back seat. McLovin's also in the back seat, but it seems like McLovin doesn't really care. Like it seems like he's just cool, like befriending these cops. Eventually, oh wait, should we talk about the party that Seth? We should probably talk about that party that Seth and Evan go to with the creepy guy. Yeah, I think Me. it's like it's, <laughs> yes, I do want to talk about that because like so I was wondering whether he was whether that character was on his way to that party actually like even knowing that he wasn't welcome or whether he only went there to take Seth and Evan there. And then he was like getting on the phone weirdly. I mean, this isn't important to like the plot, but it's just something I personally wonder about whether he took them there just to get booze or he was actually going there. Cause he clearly wasn't welcome. I don't think he was actually going there. I feel like he heard about the party cause he has like mutual friends or he just heard about it. And that was his way to just like, kind of get out of this. It's like, Oh, okay here's my out don't tell the cops i'll go to this party. i don't think i don't think he was invited because when he got there it became very clear no one wanted him there (laughs) (laughs) which was great the other thing about that that party i get michael sarah bailing on um seth because it was clearly outrageous and that scene where he's like no i wouldn't like die for booze but i would die for pussy and and then like seth's mind they're tied together but in michael sarah's mind like those two aren't necessarily tied together right i get why you bailed on but the whole laundry detergent thing i I, no one would ever think to do that let's save the laundry detergent for a picking knit section because i have a picking knit on the laundry detergent that was bothering me but yeah it's i was in the same boat of like i was trying to figure out whose side i was on because i'm like look i'm a loyal dude through and through i don't love the bailing like that on your on your bro but then on the flip side i was like totally on michael sarah's side like just bail dude like this plan sucks like this this like you were saying like we can get alcohol in other ways we don't need to go with this creepy fucking dude who might rape (laughs) and molest us we don't need to necessarily go with him to a party to get alcohol like there's other options we can i uh, i kind of felt like once they if it were me at least once they once you get to that party it's like okay we're in the deep end now we better start swimming we're here so we better make this work there's no way to get out of it so i would have like just been all in at that point but so you would have been jonah hill and i would have been michael sarah bailing on you (laughs) that's what it's sounding like yeah you would have been grinding on that girl getting period blood on your leg which by the way is I was imagining all the dude's reaction to Seth, uh, to Jonah Hill grinding with that girl. And then she, her getting period blood on his pants. I thought it was spot on all the dude's reactions. That's exactly how it would go. All dudes at, in that situation be like, oh my God, come over here. Come over here. Look at this. <laughs> Let me Look get at this picture. guy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I would be one of the guys to go over and check it out. I'd be like, we got to see this. It was disgusting. It's disgusting to watch. It was so gross. Yeah, it's like how do you? It's another one where I think like how do they think to write that in the script? I mean, that is like they had to have a friend to whom that had happened or something because that's just too out there. Yeah, I think you're right. They must have had like heard a story about that because I have never heard anything like that. Like gr- like dancing and a girl's wearing a short skirt and yeah, it was no, I, brutal. I, but just this whole that party thing, the the party that scene in the movie. The, them being at that party i think was a bit of like a deviation from the script generally but the one good the one funny part the good thing that came out of it is that michael sarah singing in that room to them which is like one of the funnier scenes of the movie yeah let's uh let's put a little of that in here because 
for your intro song, you had the original version. I do like Michael Sarah's rendition with his voice cracking like crazy. <laughs> These eyes are crying. These eyes have seen a lot of love, but they're never gonna see another one like I have with you. <laughs> These eyes are crying. These eyes have seen a lot of love, but they're never gonna see another one. And these guys are all so coked out at that party that he's a terrible singer. He's atrocious, <laughs> but they're so fucked up that they're just like, oh, my God, this guy's so good at singing. Yeah. You know what else is hilarious was when they met the the really funny character who looks exactly like you, your doppelganger. When they met him, he was like, hey, you know, Jimmy, you look exactly like his brother. Yeah. And then that comes back. When they're when he's singing to them, they're like, "This is his brother from Arizona." I loved that sort of callback. That was really smart, dude. That's called Chekhov's gun, as discussed on this pod way back in the day. Pat was telling this story. I don't remember if it was like in a book or it was just he saw this thing. But it's called Chekhov's gun, where like if you introduce a gun at earlier in the plot, it's got to come back at some point. Otherwise, why would you ever introduce that thing? And this is one of those scenarios where he, you would never keep in, hey, you know, you look like Jimmy's brother. You would never keep that in if it didn't come back. So, yeah, came back and uh, they they get alcohol from the party in the detergent bottles. They end up like coming back together with McLovin because the cops are called to that party. So now the boys are back together. The boys are together. They got alcohol. McLovin has some from the liquor store. Seth has some in the detergent bottles and they go to Jules's party. First note I have on this party, they show up and Becca, the girl that Michael Sarah wants to hook up with is obliterated. So clearly they already have alcohol. Clearly to your point, everyone else found ways to get alcohol. They weren't, do you think they just did that? Like they kept trying that hard because they're just such like nerds and they didn't understand. Like, uh, I think it was more of just like a plot hole. Cause they needed the main characters to be on this quest for alcohol, but they also needed Becca hammered when they got to the party. So, was- so speaking of Becca hammered, I got to say, dude, I, I can't, it, it's hands down. One of my biggest pet peeves and this started in high school, but Seeing anyone that blacked out, whether it's your friend or a lady that you're interested in or just like friends with there, it's like it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to be around. Dude, she was on the fucking floor. She was on the fucking floor. And when they're hooking up, it's like so oh. awkward and you're like, oh, gosh, just be normal or be a little oh. bit more, more normal. Okay, I'm I'm put a clip in just so the kids, our listeners, the kids can get a taste of how disgusting this is. I mean, come here. Can you please help me up? I fell down. Asshole, so help me up. I have been waiting for you for like ever. What took you so long? Oh, I know. Oh, no, I can't. Do you, do you have my gloves? Oh, it's such a crazy story, okay? I, I, I swear I was... It doesn't even matter. Look, hmm? we, we can just drink this. Here. Oh, no. You can have a drink. Yeah, I'm already pretty Take wasted. a drink. Okay, here's to you. This is Rebecca. Rebecca! Dude, it's 
I, I, I think it's for me, it's the floor thing. It's, it's seeing her on the floor. I just keep imagining if it's a girl I'm interested in and I show up to a party and she's on the fucking floor acting like that. I'm just like, I'm done. I can't, I can't do it. High school BD would not have qualms with something like that. I don't think. Who are we talking about? I know it's specific. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> no, dude, I'm telling you, I, I swear to God, I'm not, I'm, I'm not just saying this. If it was someone who I was super into and I saw them on the floor like that, I would immediately be disgusted. Even high school me. I can't yeah, it do wasn't it. A, it wasn't a good look, but you know, she ended up vomiting. So like, she was on her way. I guess. <laughs> she got, she, she tried to hook up with him, told him she wanted to give him a blow Jay and vomited all over him. So bad luck for <laughs> Becca at the party. Who, who hasn't been there? <laughs> oh i had a tip for the kids at this party kids tip for you you really have to be on the same drunk level with someone you're trying to get with so like this would happen to my wife and i have gotten into a lot of fights over this where like we'll be at a wedding or something and if she gets like blacked out or i get way drunk and she's not if we're not on the same level of drunk it's never good. It's it's always an issue. Same thing in high school. If you have one party that's really blacked out and one party that's only had like one beer, not good. So tip for the kids is really try and maintain the same level with your significant other at functions. Maybe yeah, maybe that was a theme for the uh, for the main characters in the movie because Evan's sober but his girl's hammered doesn't work out. Seth's yep. hammered but his girl sober doesn't work out. The only two that were seem to have their wits about them are McLovin and what's her face. And that worked out. Exactly, dude. And that's why I don't want to just shit on Becca for how she was acting, being all fucked up because Seth is like just as disgusting. AKA Jonah Hill with probably worse. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he goes in for like, same thing as Becca. He goes in for a hookup, goes into kiss Jules misses her entire face and like blacks out in the middle of trying to kiss her and just gives her a black eye and passes out and falls on the street. So both of them are egregious and I have no respect, dude. I have no respect for people that can't handle their shit like that. Like just be a little better. We've all had a couple bad nights. We've all had a couple bad nights. You fell asleep in the Pettit's minivan. Who are you to talk? I did do that. (laughs) You'll cut that. It's okay. I'll cut that. And uh, by the way, I got cock blocked that night <laughs> aggressively. He wouldn't get the fuck out of the car. We were cuddling <laughs> in the back of the minivan. It's like, dude, fucking leave, dude. Guy, I, clearly I have a very, I have like my one chance to get with a girl. <laughs> I have like one chance this whole year to go with a girl. And she's very attractive. Although she's weird, but she's very attractive. Get out you'd... of the front seat. Uh, I wish you'd keep this in, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, cops get called, dude, to the party. The party's getting out of out of control. Cops get called. A great moment. The cops accidentally cockblock McLovin. Mm-hmm. We can't have that, dude. We love McLovin. I think even they realize that they made a massive mistake. Yeah, I like Seth Rogen's sort of redirect on Bill Hader. There, he's like, "Hey, no, we need to be guiding his cock, not." Yeah, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because so Bill Hader was just so hurt that McLovin bailed on him because he thought <laughs> yeah. they were friends. <laughs> like, dude, it's a 17 year old kid. Relax. So 
they sit down with them. They say this to them. We know you're not 25, man. We're not idiots, McLovin. Did you know the whole time? Look, when we were your age, we hated cops. When we saw in the liquor store today, we just... I guess we saw a bit of ourselves, you know? And um, we just wanted to show you that, you know, cops can have a fun time, too, you know? You know, in a way, I think we wanted to show ourselves. Also, I'm... I'm really sorry that I blocked your cock. Apology accepted. I mean, McLovin, what a great situation for McLovin. He made some new friends who are cool as fuck. They're cops. And they 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 drag him out of the party so he can become, like, notorious. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, like a legend. On the cops coming to the party, though, I, one thing I noted, my favorite line of the entire movie is when they open the door of the party and the cops are standing there and Bill Hader goes, Oh no, it's the cops. Favorite line, favorite line of the entire movie. Yeah. So movie kind of ends and it's the next day. They get through the party. Obviously, Jonah Hill fucked up royally. Becca fucked up royally. Next day, I love the scene where they all they go to the mall. The two dudes go to the mall, and then the two girls just happen to be there too. It's like that the aftermath, like that day after. And that's how the movie ends is they all realize like, hey, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone, you guys kind of like each other. He just had a bad night. And Becca and uh, Michael Sarah, you guys like each other. She had a bad night. Movie ends. Cool. I liked I liked that ending. I thought it was kind of elegant where it's like she's supposed to be buying a, mat- or a mattress cover or a blanket and he needs one. And then he's going to go with Emma Stone to buy her makeup. I, it was a nice sort of come together. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed the end of the movie. Um, like I said, there wasn't like a lot of plots to navigate through in this movie. It was just kind of like very simple. We just went through a slice of life in these teens' lives, and I loved it. Uh, yeah, two two things just on that, like the plot. I guess you could say one. I love movies that are over uh, that the where the entire movie takes place in one day. So like mm. Dazed and Dazed and Confused is another good example of this where it's like the entire plot is just one day, like leading towards one party or whatever. I, I love if you can do that in the movie. And two, this this movie, a little less so than the Apatow Productions later movies. I think all of those movies are like, the, four, the first 45 minutes is really, really, really good. And then it sort of tails off a little bit. So like, this is the end is probably the best example of this. And, and Pineapple Express is a good example too, where it's like the first 45 minutes is just gold. And then it loses loses steam a little bit for me. And this movie is a little bit like that, but it's still really good. I think it's just that's Judd Apatow. Like he's got this thing where he, if it, and he's he's like a genius. But if he has one knock, it's that he goes a little too long in his movies, and like it's yeah. it's too. That movie, Funny People, dude, that he did is like a comedy over three hours. And it's, it's like, too it's too long. It, it, so he's a little long winded. I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's definitely true in all of his movies. Comedies don't need to be, I, I, I think comedies, there's no reason for comedies to go over 90 minutes. 90 minutes is a perfect yeah. amount of time for, yeah. In, in this movie, I believe was like an hour 50. So it's like probably 20, 15 to 20 minutes of fat that you could trim off of it. Like, 
I think the whole 15 minutes of dick jokes that you could trim off probably. Yeah. I think you said that earlier, like the whole thing about him drawing dicks, like that's five minutes that can just come out like drawing dicks when he's 10. We don't need it. It doesn't move the plot any. I don't even know. Honestly, that whole party that they went to with me, AKA the creepy guy. I don't know if we needed that. (laughs) Like, did we need that? We didn't need it that long. We didn't need that really either. Okay, dude. Awards. Awards of this podcast. Uh, so the first one, it's got a little intro song, and it is the Ryan Phillippe Practice Hero Award of the movie. It's easy to sum it up. We just talk about practice. We sitting here, we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. We talking about practice, man. Practice? I mean, how silly is that? Ryan Phillippe, Practice Hero Award. This is the award for the guy or girl who is doing way too much. I want them to do way less. Think about that guy in practice who is like picking you up full court in practice. And you're just like, dude, guy... The game's tomorrow. Like, we're just doing a walkthrough. Can you, like, fu- like, I get it. You want to look like a hero in front of the coaches, but can you just stop? Oh, yeah. All right. So, I have three nominees, and I'll let you pick. So, you tell me which which guy you think was just doing the most. Number one, the high school bully. Love Jesse. <laughs> Love this guy. This guy, uh, let's play a clip of like he's only in two scenes in this movie. Let's and he's spitting on people in both of them. Let's play the first one. Hey, yo, Seth. What? Did you hear him having a big grad party next Saturday? No. Yeah. Oh shit! You're not coming. You're not, tell tell your friend you're not. He's not coming to my party either. Yeah, it's great. It's it's hilarious. It's just hilarious. I don't have anything else to say. So that guy, that guy's one. Number two, the MySpace guy, a.k.a. me, Clip. All right, listen, I can get you alcohol. I'm going to this party right now, bro, okay? It's got booze, it's got girls, booze and girls equals, I don't know, do you? I don't know, do you? I think you do. Do you? Yes, that's a definite yes. Yeah. Definite yes, then. Just give me one sec to talk to sure, you. Sure, yeah, talk. stay right here. Yeah, yeah, do what you gotta just do. You guys here. mix it over and I'll be over by the car at school. Just talk it out. Hey, I'm a nice guy. Oh, man. Dude, this is crazy. She called. She said, I can't wait for you to get there. Oh, that sounds like she fully wants it, man. Oh, yeah. Who's going to give it to her, huh, my man? You. That's who. (laughs) Yeah. You guys in MySpace or? So he's two. He's doing a whole lot. We Like we said, he came in and he was just guns blazing. Number three, it's it's a collection of guys and it's the coked out guys at that party wanting Michael Sarah to sing for them. I just felt like in their small limited scene, they were doing a whole lot. Yeah. Well, I will pick from those three, but I'll, and I'll pick from those three for sure, but I'm going to add a fourth. The girl. Oh, who no, orders, no. Yeah. If you got a fourth, go ahead. The girl who orders or makes Seth order Kyle's killer lemonade. Oh, Jules, this friend. She's fuck. horrible. Horrible. Thank you. So should I just, uh, Get a shitload of different shit. <laughs> well, you got to get me some Kyle's Killer Lemonade. Was it just her as an actress or what was it about her? Because I was annoyed by her, too. 
Yeah, I think it was just her as an actress because like the, those lines were annoying, but not so much to make me hate someone who's only in thirty seconds of the movie. Yeah, she's yeah. Kyle's killer lemonade. She wasn't great either way, but uh, I'll I'll pick uh, the coked out guys. No, no, no. Act. Put the girl in there. So those four, those those four. Who who do you think was doing the most? Yeah, I think the the coked out guys at the party because it's like that whole scene is a little. It needs less of them and just more Mike. You could have it be all Michael Sarah and you'd be fine. Especially Dude. the guy yeah. who played, um, I think it was, did he play Bernard in the, in the, yeah, clause? Yeah. He played, he's in 10 Things I Hate About You, I yeah. think too. Yeah. Might also be named Bernard in that movie. I don't know why I see that guy <laughs> and I think Bernard. Because <laughs> of the role he was in. But yeah, that guy in that scene was just like a little much. I know. I, 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 the same thing. I think he's spearheading that the coked out guys like i think yeah. he's the leader of like the the douche mobile which is those guys um i really like the guy who's like really gone there's two guys who are like really gone and, and my brother and, came in from arizona that guy yeah that guy yeah, yeah. The, that guy and then his brother yeah. um those guys nail it but yeah the bernard guy i was just like this guy why all the confidence like this guy so confident just like dude you're a loser you're doing you're with, coke you're with in a, a stranger yeah. you're with a 17 year old you've never met before relax yeah loser um okay cool i'm i'm good with them winning it picking nits section so my first one and feel free to to add any in i have two my first one is we we touched on it the detergent uh, dude detergent it lingers like it stays in that bottle there's no way that they show him pouring the the tide detergent essentially out of the bottle into the into the sink and and filling it with like miller high life you are drinking detergent that whole night if you're drinking out of that bottle it, well, it they is, were they were drinking it later in the night it was like green beer yeah it's got to be which, terrible which no one would drink That's no one thing. would yeah. drink that so that's my first picking nit of like, dude, there was no other way for them to get the alcohol out of that, out of that party than like in a detergent bottle. I didn't, I didn't love that. And then the second one was at what point do you just bail on the plan? Like whether it's you're going to the party with the creepy dude or you're at the party and all these fights are breaking out, you, you get trapped in a room with like all these coked out guys at what point do you just like bail on the plan? <laughs> just leave and, and and show up to Jules' party with no alcohol. Right. So I think that was like the dichotomy of the two characters, right? Seth was willing to go the extra mile and potentially get injured or killed for it, where Michael Sear was like, no, this is too much. So sort of what you're calling out there. And and um I that wasn't a nip to pick for me while watching the movie. I didn't have a problem with that didn't seem it wasn't bothersome to me. What what were your nits to pick? The laundry thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, which we mentioned. I just, no one, it's just so unrealistic for that to be an option in someone's brain. No, no. one would think that that's like, so what happens? You dump it out and then you rinse it out a couple of times, but there's always going to be detergent. Just logistically, no, thank you. Um, what, and then, what is our, what do we think the solution could have been? We think he, try and just grab some liquor bottles because that's, I would Look, go away. For, I wouldn't do beer. You can't do yeah, beer yeah. for a whole party. You right. can't carry enough beer. Yeah. So I mean, Seth, Jonah Hill's fat. 
grab a couple liquor bottles, throw them in a waistband. You're already fat. It's not, I mean, it, it's that you're, you're getting away with that much easier than trying to get a bunch of beer out of there. And it's like, what is it? So, so you get at most at, what, 30, beers. 30 beers. Yeah. He loses the, one of the detergent bottles anyways. So now you're yeah. down to like 15 beers. That's getting two people fucked up, dude, in high school. Like, come on. Yeah, that was just, that's what I'm, you yeah. should have just gone find a bag down there in the basement or something, grab a couple of liquor bottles. I don't know. Or like kind of what you were saying, salvage it. Just grab a liquor bottle and make your run for it. Have one liquor bottle. It'd be enough. Um, and the other thing I just didn't love was like McLovin. Where did, I, I don't know where that came from. It just seems kind of overkill and like, a joke that was a little too on the nose. Like, why are we picking a McLovin? Why is that? Why is McLovin funny? I don't know. The character was funny. I don't think the name was. So you have an issue with the the single name like Seal or Shakira? Seemed I thought a, the character was aggressive. hilarious. And and if, if he would have picked like Muhammad, even I think that would have been hysterical. You know, they talk about that in the movie. McLovin just seemed like an. And this is something that that I rarely associate with, like Seth Rogen and that crowd. It seemed like an overreach for a joke that that didn't fully like. There wasn't any dismount for me. Like, it wasn't subtle. That. It wasn't subtle. No. Yeah, we we really like the jokes, the subtle ones, like uh, Michael Sarah walking away really quick, going bye. <laughs> yeah, or like talking about how funny it, or like how you should have your porn site be perfect ten, like it could be a bowling site. Like those right. are funny jokes. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the the one that we're zeroing in on is the biggest nit to pick is the detergent bottle. But I think yeah, some of those other ones are fair. Of like, yeah, McLovin was. It's it's just it's it's a big swing, right? Um. Okay. Do you want to just me have me rattle off some out of context lines? Because I think these out of context lines they didn't make it into the plot breakdown, but I just kind of want to play them. Oh, great. I Here hope one is from the home ec scene. Look, we all know home ec is a joke. No offense. It's just like everyone takes his class to get an A. It's bullshit. And I'm sorry. And it's not putting down your profession, but it's just the way I feel. I don't want to sit here all by myself cooking this shitty food. No offense. And I just think that I don't ever need to cook tiramisu. When am I going to need to cook tiramisu? Am I going to be a chef? No. There's three weeks left in school. Give me a fucking break. I'm sorry for cursing. It's a great scene, though. That is a great scene, though. Like that. <laughs> Talk about nuanced, <laughs> subtle, funny. He just kept saying, no offense, but like, no one cares about this. No offense. No offense. <laughs> he kept saying that. It's bullshit, but no offense. <laughs> yeah, so I could put that one. I did. I love that one. Uh, another one I was thinking of was this one. Well, you'll have sex in college. Everyone does. Yes, but the point is to be good at sex by the time you get to college. You don't want girls thinking that you suck dick and fucking pussy, okay? <laughs> That's really good. So there's that one. Uh, this is another one. Plus, you know, you scratch our backs, we'll scratch yours. Well, Jules, the funny thing about my back is, is that it's located on my cock. <laughs> <laughs> so you do want alcohol? Or you want some sort of alcohol or no? You do or you don't? You do want alcohol. Um, and they don't laugh at all. And he goes, so you do want, you want me to get, you, I can get you. Lemonade, lemonade. Get lemonade. Yeah, yeah. the lemonade. <laughs> Kyle's killer. Okay, anything else? <laughs> So that, and then uh, the last one, and this is one that I still say to this day, is Seth at the party after he gets period blood on him. I gotta wash this Merlot off. Is this a line? What does it look like? Fuck me, right? Fuck me, right? Fuck me. <laughs> it's similar. That one's similar to uh, his uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall one where he says, 
I'll just go fuck myself. Exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, I think those are my two number one gifts that I use at the age of 33 in my life is I'll say something and get like, uh, I'm expecting like a six response or like a seven laugh. And it's like a one or a two. You do and, say that a lot. And then I'll just say, fuck me. Right. <laughs> like I'll just go fuck myself. Okay. Second to last award, two awards left. Second to last one is a big time award on this podcast. So here we go. This is the award that is our sponsors, our fine sponsors of this podcast really get involved with. And this is the MCITW. That is the Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week. So this is an homage to Marissa Cooper, who is the worst character to ever be put on the small screen. And it is brought to you by our fine sponsors, Wicklow Wear. That is W-I-C-K-L-O-W Wear. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at wicklowwear.com. Type in the promo code VL at checkout. Get 10% off your order kits. That's $30 on the baseball tees, $40 on the hooded sweatshirts, $20 on the tanks, $15 on the new t-shirts. Fine sponsors, dude. This is the award for the character who just sucks the most ass. So MCITW, for me to, I, I think, I hope it came across on this podcast, but it's, Becca and Seth at the party, the the blacked out and being on a completely different drunken wavelength than your significant other or whoever you're trying to hook up with. I it was the most disgusted I was in this whole movie, and I just cannot get on board with it. So that I have to I have to vote them. Yeah, I would agree. Seth was pretty cringy. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty bad for me. I guess it would have to be. <laughs> I want to say Jesse, but I freaking love his character, so I don't want to say that. He's hilarious. I think it would either be either the Kyle's Killer Lemonade Girl or um, Gabby, Becca's friend Gabby. I could take or leave her in the movie. I don't need her. Yeah, we might want to just throw that Kyle's Killer Lemonade Girl because she only had one scene, and it's so bad. And I don't even know if Ryan Phillippe is the word because it wasn't like she was doing too much. It was just like she was really fucking annoying. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah, so those are the nominees for Marissa Cooper is the worst. So we'll just say Marissa Cooper, aka Becca, Kyle's Killer Lemonade Girl, and Seth. Be free and explore brought to you by Wicklow. Where okay, who is last award? Who is MVP? I just put this all on your shoulders. Yeah, it has to be the your doppelganger. I don't even know his real name. He doesn't even have a character name in the movie, I don't think, right? Um you and your fantastic friends. He, for me, has the best, like I said, humor to screen time ratio where every line he says lands just so funny. And he's how you make such an impact in like seven minutes of screen time is, I mean, he was one of the most quotable parts of the movie. So his official character name is, is Francis the driver. <laughs> it's, great. it's just funny because have you seen the girl next door that we just did on this podcast? Yeah. Are you familiar with the Eli character in yeah. that movie? His one yeah. short friend. Mm-hmm. It's just ironic doing these movies back to back because when Ben J came on last week to do girl next door, he kept saying that I remind him so much of <laughs> Eli and yeah. the, like the little fucking kid that's out of control in girl next door. And now you're saying, I remind you of the fucking MySpace weird creepy guy. 
So like my doppelgangers suck. Like I have the I I clearly must suck dick because my doppelgangers are weak as shit. I mean, they're pretty spot on that too. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's it's really like a, a self-reflection of me looking in the mirror going, damn. This must be like how I come off to other people. Fuck me. <laughs> no, a close second for me though was Michael Sarah. I thought Michael Sarah was so so funny, and he was he was the best combination of fit like actors fit for character. Yeah, Michael Sarah was also good in this movie. Um, I I think it was perfectly cast. I really do. Like honestly, every role besides the Kyle Killer Lemonade Girl, mm-hmm. I think was like perfect. Very good. And I think it's it's harder to be funny in Michael Sarah's role because Jonah Hill had the funny character, right? He was a little bit more bombastic and like at, like outgoing and Michael Sarah had to do more with less maybe. And he, and he knocked it out of the park. It's interesting you say that because um, when they were casting this movie, I think Jonah Hill was cast first and it was the thought was, well, when they were casting the other roles, I think Jonah Hill really liked Michael Sarah because he's he's like a type B. He's very, you know, much more laid back and subtle. And he kind of lets Jonah Hill take the comedic lead on a lot of shit and just kind of mm-hmm. like sits back and picks his spots. Mm-hmm. And I and the reason why they said that McLovin was cast was in the initial audition he was like stepping all over Jonah Hill's lines and stuff. And he was getting really fucking annoyed. And after the audition, he said, don't hire that guy. He was annoying the fuck out of me the whole time. And essentially they hired him because that's what they wanted. They wanted like a friend who is not your best friend. He's like the friend you're just hanging out with situationally. The friend you're annoying the fuck out of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I didn't know that. That's interesting. So, yeah, dude, I think it was perfectly cast. Even even having those two cops, I think Bill Hader was, like, amazing as that cop, same with Seth Rogen. Yeah, Bill Hader would have been my third pick. He's so freaking funny. And it seems like Seth, it seems like they wrote the cops into the movie just so Seth Rogen could be in the movie he wrote when he was in high school. But they worked. It worked. It's not a deterrent for me. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Um, any other points that you want to hit? Or are you ready to wrap this up? No, I'm ready to wrap it up. Amazing pick by you, dude. Like I said at the beginning, you you were like hounding me about this. Just hounding been me. Been calling you for weeks. Been calling me for weeks to try to get on this podcast. So I really appreciate you finally letting me out. Yeah, dude, no problem. So we'll tell those kids. Kids, I know you're getting tired. I know you're getting really sleepy. Thanks for coming along on this journey with us. And we will tell you, sleep tight. Have a really good night's sleep, kids. And Shades is going to help us with the sign off and tell those kids to clear eyes, full hearts. Do less, kids. Can't lose. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.